הרי אני מקשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים האמיתיים שודרנו, לכל הצדיקים האמיתיים שוכני עפרה הקדוש שמשאב הארץ המה. הוא ובבחן רבנו הקדוש צדיק יסוד עולם נחנו ומקור חוכמה. רבנו נחמן פייגמן שמחה נח נחמן נחמן אומן זכותו תגן עלינו ועל כל ישראל אמן. שברוך השם, we start a new lesson in שיחות ארן today. Starting with conversation 132 and 133 God willing will also do. Um, we already started a subject or a new section in this, in this beautiful sefer discussing more background information and more stories with regard to how Rabbi Nachman brought down certain lessons or certain parables that he told. A little bit more information as to what was really happening when he was giving that lesson over or that story over, whatever was happening. So let's start with lesson 132, also do 133. We're going to see some incredible stuff actually, behind the scenes almost, um, as to what happened with two special lessons. And we start with uh, section 132, Seif Kuflamid In lesson 14 of Likutei Moran, which begins with the phrase, Tik'u Shofar, and continues uh, with the idea of Rabbeinu saying Shalom, how to draw down peace into the world. Um, this is what we call the, the Torah, lesson 14. We call this lesson Tiku Lamshir uh, Shalom. So Rabbeinu uh, writes that this Torah was given on Shabbat Chanukah. Rabbeinu, Rabbeinu told this lesson on the Shabbat of Chanukah which was, of course, a main gathering for all the students of Rabenu. Rabenu asked his students to come, um, come to him three times a year. The other times, he had certain, uh, uh, what do you call it, Shabbatot, where Rabenu would go out and go to different towns, customarily, and give lessons over there and go visit certain students. Um, but Shabbat Chanukah, um, Shavuot, and Rosh Hashanah were the three times of the year where Rabenu was uh, strict on having students come to him. So Shabbat Chanukah, Rabbeinu gave a special lesson. This lesson, lesson 14, um, it also speaks about the Sod of the, uh, the Menorah over there. Lots of uh, secrets that are hidden in this lesson. But nonetheless, I think so. Um, nonetheless, okay. This Torah was given on Shabbat Chanukah. And was specifically during that time. It was at that time on Shabbat Chanukah that this had, that right before, maybe a few days before, the, the great pious tzaddik and rav, Rabbi Gedalia Linitz, had just passed away. Rabbi Gedalia Linitz was um, one of the students of the Magi de Polonoi, was the main student of the Magi de Polonoi. Um, I think his name was Rabbi Yehuda Leib of Polonoi, who was one of the major disciples of the Vashem Tov. So we're talking about direct, uh, direct uh, lineage in a sense. Not by blood, but by Torah. And um, he was a very big tzaddik. Rabbeinu actually visited him many times with Rabbi Natan. There's stories of uh, how they used to pray in the shul, Rabbi Gedalia. And Rabbi Gedalia um, saw the prayers of Rabbi Natan and the students and asked, how is it that Rabbeinu prays so silently and these students pray with so much uh, voice? And Rabbi Natan said, this is the way Rabbeinu asked us to do. And Rabbi Gedalia was very impressed and um, and he respected Rabbi Natan very much for his sincerity and his honesty. And um, so right after 
Rabbi Gidalia passed away with Shabbat Chanukah, and Rabbenu gave a lesson. Evidently, it was in within just like a day or two or a few days after. The Ramaz Beotah Torah spelled the Ravanan, and Rabbenu, in the lesson that he was giving on Shabbat Chanukah, he hinted to the eulogy of this Rav, this Tzadik. Rabbenu was giving a eulogy to this Tzadik within the lesson. Because Rabbanu mentioned the, st- the statement of the sages as brought down on the Gemara Moed Katan, page 27b, that they say over there that what? One per- a person does, we do not eulogize during Chanukah. It, we do not give eulogies during Chanukah. Um, when we're burying a person, we do not give eulogies. And uh, it's custom. So we do not give eulogies. And this big tzaddik. It was, it's fitting to give a eulogy for a very big tzaddik, but it's customary that we don't, especially during Chanukah. So, it, um, it's customary that we don't during Chanukah. So what? Rabenu was hinting to this eulogy within his lesson. Rabenu spoke about eulogies, spoke about uh, um, the time that this was happening, which was Chanukah, and of course everything was very practical. Rabenu was in this lesson also explained. Rabbanu said also during this time when he was giving this lesson, that he said, now it's very difficult to give over a lesson, to give over a Torah. Rabbanu said this as he was giving this lesson. He said, it's very difficult to, to give over a Torah lesson. Because when a tzaddik passes away, when a tzaddik passes away, it's very difficult to give a Torah lesson. Because Rabbanu explained that when a tzaddik passes away, the portion that... Um, belongs to that tzaddik within the Torah because each and every tzaddik possesses a portion in the Torah that the portion that belongs to that tzaddik who had just passed away he, um, that Torah portion that belongs to the tzaddik also leaves with him he called tzaddik tzaddik because each and every tzaddik has a portion within the Torah but when the tzaddik leaves this world he leaves with the portion that belongs to him this is why it's very difficult to give a Torah why? Because a portion of the Torah leaves and therefore the tzaddik finds it difficult to give over the Torah because there's a certain portion missing. And Rabbeinu was explaining all this within the lesson how this is all connected um, to the passing of this tzaddik which is not explicit within the lesson. It's not explicit that Rabbeinu was giving a eulogy to Rabbi Gedalia or was explaining how Rabbi Gedalia passed away. And it's very rare for Rabbeinu to speak about, about tzaddikim, a specific tzaddikim. Or to give over eulogies of specific tzaddikim, or to speak certain, about certain tzaddikim. Yet here, there's I think there's two to three tzaddikim that Rabbanu dedicated a lesson to Nikot Moran. This is one of them. Fourteen is dedicated to Rabbi Gidali Avlinit. Lesson sixty-seven of Book Two is dedicated to Rabbi Levi Tzakabadichev. And I forget there's maybe one more if I'm not mistaken. But uh, yet again, we see here that it's very rare, and we can see here the great honor that Rabbanu gave this very big tzaddik. Comes to show us how awesome Rabbi Gidalia really was. So we see here that it's very difficult to give off a Torah when the tzaddik pass, when a tzaddik passes away because the portion of the, of the that belongs to that tzaddik also leaves with him. That which is written in this lesson, but in section four of this lesson, that Rabbanu brings the statement of the sages. As it brought down in the Gemara Nedarim, page 81a, that it says over there, the Chachamim say, the sages say, they ask a question, why is it that the Talmudic scholars or the sages um, 
are sages themselves, but their children don't become sages. Why is it that they are sages, but their children don't follow their footsteps? And the reason that they give over there is because they did not bless in the Torah. They did not bless the Torah in the beginning. Now, a simple translation of that means that before they studied the Torah, they did not bless on the Torah, which means they used to study without blessing. Rabbeinu goes a little bit deeper. He's saying it's not the simple meaning. Shamati mimenu Rabbeinatan says, I heard a little bit more um, about this from Rabbeinu, may his memory be a blessing. Because when a person gives birth, or the birth of a child, is all dependent according to the food one, eat, one eats before the couple unites together. The food that the couple eats before they unite together and have relations to bring in that, to, to create that child, determines the nature of that child. Each and every person needs to sanctify and to bless the beginning, meaning meaning he needs to bless and to sanctify the beginning, meaning that which takes place before they, they unify together. Meaning the eating that they do before, right before the act or the, the, the things that they're busy with right before the act, the way they speak, the way they, they look, the way they talk, the way they... Um, uh, what do you call whether they do before all the things that a person should do to sanctify himself before relations determines the nature of that child um, until and if a person properly sanctifies himself he will be meritorious to actually draw down a, a child uh, to bring uh, for that woman to give birth in holiness and in proper sanctity this is what it means when the sages say that the sage, that the Talmidei Chachamim did not bless in the Torah at the beginning. What did that mean? That they did not sanctify the beginning. They did not bless the beginning with the holiness of the Torah. Meaning they did not bring the Torah into the beginning of the act. Meaning what they did beforehand. Meaning that which takes place right before the act of giving birth. Or the act of, uh, of uh, what's he called? Of marital relations. Because the person needs to sanctify and to bless and to bring holiness and to instill holiness um, into the acts that precede this union. But uh, and this is what we mentioned in this lesson, as Rabbanu explains in this lesson, lesson 14. And then a person will have the merit to have a child that is a Talmudic scholar, that is a sage. And uh, this is a very big secret Rabban was explaining. So now we can understand a little bit of a deeper understanding of what the sage is saying in the Gemara Nedarim, what it means that they did not bless in the Torah in the beginning. And how I'm sure because these tzaddikim were very big tzaddikim, they were studying Torah by, by blessing but before. But of course the act of marital relations is a little bit more sophisticated and it is harder to uh, sanctify than it is to make a blessing before starting Torah. So this is what Rabbanu really seems to be saying here, that the real intention of what the Gemara seems to be saying is that they did not sanctify the beginning, meaning the beginning of their act. Se'if Kufla Medginah, the last uh, section for today. Beautiful conversation that we're going to see here has tremendous Ruach HaKodesh HaRabbanu at such pro- almost a state of prophecy. It's, it's literally this. It's, it's incredible to explain what's really uh, happening.
behind every single lesson. Each and every lesson has a story that's beyond our understanding. We're going to see here. It's incredible. Um, we're going to discuss a little bit about what, uh, what, is, uh, what do you call it? That which is written in the lesson. Lesson 69 of Lesson 69 of the first volume of Likutu Moran. As it says over there, Rabbanu speaks about the great sin of stealing and coveting, even in thought. Rabbanu explains over there how coveting, being jealous, wanting someone's money, even in thought is a terrible thing. And how this can affect one's children, one's family. Uh, very deep stuff. Very, uh, what do you call it? There's very great ramifications for such um, for such a, uh, a bad thought or a bad act like this. So, by the way, just to explain you know, actually, I'll read the lesson, and then after I'll explain the background. That it explains over there that Chachamim said the Gemara Babakama, page one hundred three a, that they bring an explanation over the uh, what they say over there in the Gemara that one who steals to, one who steals from his friend even a uh, the value of a shavei pruta, the value of the smallest coin. That even the smallest amount a person needs to, that they explain over there in the Gemara, that a person needs to run after the city, the town of Madai to go, to go return that puta to his friend. Rabbeinu explains, why, why in the Gemara do they even mention the city of Madai? What does this have to do? That a person has to chase his friend all the way up until the city of Madai to go return that penny back, that nickel back. What does that mean? Emadai, Rabbeinu says, though, Dahanu limudei Hashem. Emadai is applying the words limudei Hashem. His brother, Yeshaya, all your children are limudei Hashem, are taught of God. That they, that we teach our children about Hashem. That's in Yeshaya, chapter 54, verse 13. Emadai is limudei Hashem. It's applying the words limudei Hashem, to be taught of God. You must, uh, what does this mean? We're going to explain what this has to do in the context of stealing and running after Madai. Meaning, meaning our children, this is the, these, uh, our children are the essential people we teach about Hashem. Hashem, look in the lesson over there that discusses how this is connected with uh, the explanation of the Gemara, that you have to run after your friend up until the city of Madai. And how this has to do with your children, etc. And Rabbeinu explained, Rabbeinu said, Rabbi Nathan says, I heard in the name of Rabbeinu's holy mouth that he said after he was teaching this lesson. Rabbeinu said, he testified and he said like this, that this is the way I heard this lesson and this is the way I heard that they were learning this Gemara up on high, up in the place that I was studying. Rabbeinu was saying that in the Shamaim, when I was bringing down this lesson, the way I heard this taught this Gemara was the same way I'm explaining it here. Meaning Rabbeinu is giving us the explanation of the Gemara, the way they are teaching it up in the Shammai, in the Bet Midrash, in heaven. <laughs> the way the Amoraim and the Tanaim are explaining it. Come to imagine the greatness of this. And um, just to show you the great prophecy behind this. Um, we know that this lesson was said on Rosh Hashanah. And there was a, a specific student of Rabbeinu, Rabbi Moshe Chemkes, who came to Rabbeinu and asked Rabbeinu, that, uh, he asked Rabbeinu to pray for him, to help him have children. To pray to God, to bestow God that 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 Rabbeinu would be able to draw down God's mercy, and bestow this man with children, because this man was, couldn't have children. 
And uh, Rabenu told him to pay attention to the lesson he had just given. And this man, Moshe Chenke, started paying attention to the lesson that Rabenu had just given and saw how the Ruach HaKodesh, Rabenu already gave him the answer. <laughs> and that's actually what? It explains in the lesson here how some people covet someone else's money. They actually, the money, because the money stems from the, the money of a man stems actually from his wife because the wife's neshama um, is drawn from the same place as money. Or that the wife's neshama illumin the the way a white uh, a woman's neshama illuminates, or has light determines the amount of money the man receives. All this deep stuff, this kabbalistic stuff, Rabbanu brings down secrets of the arizal to explain all this idea. But nonetheless, how the woman is how the money is drawn from the woman essentially, that the the apanasa of a person is sourced within the soul of a woman, the soul of a man's wife. And if a man covets someone else's money, he's essentially drawing that that man's wife uh, to him. Very deep stuff. There's lots of secrets that are happening here. And uh, Rabenu was explaining to Rabbi Moshe Chenkes, actually, he was hinting to him, and Rabbi Moshe Chenkes understood that actually the problem why he can't have children, and sometimes Rabenu says in this lesson that when a person covets someone else's money, you're actually preventing them sometimes from having children. Uh, very deep stuff. So Rabbi Moshe Chenkes understood that perhaps his partner his business partner was actually coveting his money and was jealous of him. And because of that, he couldn't have children. A few months, maybe years, passed by. And Rabenu, this, this, uh, this student of Rabenu, Ramosha Chenke, still couldn't have children. So Rabenu, as he was passing away, he told Rabinat and he gave him an order. Right before he was passing away, he said, um, you can tell Ramosha that he can remarry and if he remarries, that he'll have children. And Rabbi Moshe Chenkes heard this after Rabbi Nathan came to him. And Rabbi Moshe Chenkes remarried. And he remarried to a new woman. And um, he had a son and a daughter. That daughter ended up actually marrying the grandson of Rabbeinu. Funny enough. Incredible Ashkacha. And um, nonetheless, uh, regardless, uh, this, uh, what do you call it? This wife, this ex-wife of Rabbi Moshe Chenkes, who he divorced from, um, actually ended up marrying Ramoshe Chenkes' old business partner, the man who had been coveting Ramoshe Chenkes' money. So we see here Arabenu already explained within the lesson years prior how this secret that Ramoshe Chenkes' partner was actually coveting his money. And therefore, by default, his wife um, was also being drawn to this man as well. Later, <laughs> Ramoshe Chenkes' partner uh, got married to Ramoshe, uh, what do you call it? Chenkes' uh, ex-wife. Incredible stuff. How all of this is. Look in the lesson, lesson 69 of Yukut Moran to understand more about the significance of this. But it's very, very deep. And Baruch Hashem that we have a tzaddik like this who with Ruach HaKodesh brought down all the remedies that we can use today. And uh, up until the coming Mashiach and even after. Bezat Hashem.